Isaiah uh, 7 14, Matthew 1 23, and John 3 16. They're actually all famous scriptures, especially for this time of the year, the first two. But uh, surely we all kind of know what John 3.16 is anyway. I'm going to read these three set of scriptures, and then I'm going to get into what I got here today. Isaiah 7.14. There, give me an amen. Isaiah 7.14 says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Anybody recognize that scripture from this time of year? It is a prophecy of Jesus. Now we're going to go to Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23. This is the fulfillment of that scripture. Matthew 1, 23. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel which being interpreted is God with us. And then I'm going to read the famous scripture that probably is the most famous scripture there is in the Bible. Uh, John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. Amen. Lord, help us here today. Touch every life, every heart, every soul. Help us in this place today, God. Open our hearts, our spirits to what you have for us today, God, in the precious, wonderful name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Bear with me for a moment. George Bailey had dreams of going away to Europe, traveling. He dreamed of going away to college. But all these plans were changed when his father suddenly dies. And George stays to run his dad's bank. George, like his dad, is a kind and a selfless man who helps the people in town to buy their own houses to get out of financial trouble. But money goes missing and Bailey is distraught. He is in a terrible mood and he takes it out on his family. In the end, is he's contemplating suicide to get out of his seemingly impossible situation that he was in. The prayers of his family and friends, they reach into heaven and Clarence, an angel, is sent to help George. One of the ways he does this is to show what life would have been like if he had never been born. George had two events in his life which were key. One of them was saving the life of his brother when they were young. The second was stopping the pharmacist he worked for and making a potential fatal mistake. So if George hadn't been born, those two events would have had a disastrous effect. For example, his brother went on to be a war hero, saving the lives of the ship full of soldiers who were under enemy fire. But even more amazingly is how George has helped countless people in the town with his affordable housing project. He transformed the town itself. Without George, 
the evil Mr. Potter has turned into a town full of bars and clubs with townspeople under his thumb, poor, and many of them different kinds of trouble. So just one man had a huge impact on his environment by running the bank with kindness, and he transformed the lives of hundreds of people. Of course, there is a happy ending to the story. The people helped him come to his aid and gave him money that he needed several times over. Now, you may not recognize what I just read to you. Maybe you do. If you don't, and you, you've never seen this, I, it's a great spoiler alert, but this is um, the story of the 1946 American Christmas fantasy comedy drama starring Jim Stewart, or James Stewart as George Bailey. The name of this classic film is called It's a Wonderful Life. Has anybody ever seen the movie It's a Wonderful Life? It's a little classic, black and white. Every year, Sister Cheryl wants to watch that during this time. That's exactly what I just read, a synopsis of that, of that film. It is a classic and has been for years and years and years. Um, it's been my tradition the last several years that the month of December I spend, particularly Sunday mornings, I spend the Sunday mornings talking about Christmas. A lot of people don't like Christmas or whatever may be the case and they fuss about it. I love Christmas. Um, not just because of the presence for the Donnie, but because of what it's all about. If it had not been a manger, there wouldn't be a cross. Right? Amen. So, I'm going to do something a little different this year. I've done several series. I don't know if you can go call this a series, but over the next few weeks, as these uh, Sunday mornings, and if I may move it just a mid the, the Thursday nights, I don't know if I get on Sunday night or not with it. I'm going to take one of our classic Christmas stories, whether it be a movie or whatever, and I'm going to use that for my topic. So today I'm going to talk to us on this subject. It's a wonderful life. Amen. I'm be thankful for a wonderful life. Once I was pushing late, and I, I'm not going to uh, be just real long this morning, but I just want to talk to us today. You see, if you ever watched the show of George Bailey, he learned a very important lesson that every one of us need to learn today. You see, in the story, if you've never seen it, and I'll give you a spoiler alert. Um, as a matter of fact, I even talked to Sister Cheryl. I said, you know, since we missed out on our annual Halloween um uh, movie night. I said, we only have one this Christmas and come watch It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> I don't know. It's, she got to look and realized it was over two hours long and said, phew, I don't think keep kids that settled that long in that movie. But um, You know, if you see the story, basically, I, I read the synopsis, but let, let me just say, you know, he, he's a good guy, he used kindness, he run a bank, and all of a sudden, he, he found out that $8,000 was gone, and he just could see himself going to jail because he had somebody that mishandled the money, and there's a, there a mean guy there in the town that took the money and, and all this kind of stuff. But he just felt like his life ended because of one big situation in his life. And we all get there at times. We have, we have traumatic things that happen to us. And, they, and, and, and brother, brother David, we have things that just 
all of a sudden it's like they almost grab us and just begin to pull us down to the place that we feel like we're nothing. We feel like we're nobody. We feel like we don't matter to anybody. We don't matter to anything whatsoever. We all seem like get to that place at times. I promise you I've been there more than once, especially over the last uh, few years in, in, in pastoring and just trying to deal with my family growing up. Our family's been through a lot uh, on a personal level through the last few years. Maybe not to what some of you have uh, have been through, but oh, to me, it was still something, you know. We go through things, and and you know, he learned a lesson in this. In this, and I'm going to kind of talk about this today. He learned that that uh, all of our lives are significant. There's nobody in this place today that your life isn't significant. No matter how insignificant you may feel, we matter. Okay, we matter. We matter to God, and we matter to others. You may be sitting here today and thinking, you know what? Uh, I, I don't. I'm nothing. I'm nobody. I, um, you know, I don't know what. You know, we go across this place today and look at, and you could be sitting here thinking, you know what? This, the way I'm living and the place I'm at in my life, this is not where I envisioned myself to be when I was a kid. This is not what I envisioned life to be like at this point in my life. And maybe, maybe you are at that place. You feel like, hey, life is better than I ever thought it would be. But uh, today, I will talk to those who feels like today. You know, my life is insignificant and it doesn't matter. And, and, it, and I'm not at the place that I, I thought it'd be. But one of the most important Christmas messages that there is in each of our lives is that uh, uh, every person is precious. Everybody in this place, we've got to use our lives wisely and, and for the good of everyone and not, not just ourselves. And, and this Christmas story is all about God coming to this earth as a human being and to live and to die and to conquer death itself by dying and raising again and, and having life again to give us the hope that, you know what? This life is, is, our lives are significant, not just because of this earth, but the fact that, hey, there is a life after this. We can't just be living for this life. But Jesus, you know, Jesus is God. And Jesus was also a human being. He was fully God and he was fully human. We ever thought about this today. What if Jesus had never been born? Amen. What if Jesus had never been born? If he'd never been born, most of you folks wouldn't know me. Anthony and Angie probably would. Maybe. But with Jesus not being here, who knew what this world would look like? Amen. Sister Terry probably would because she's kind of family. If he hadn't been born, where would we be today? If, if Jesus hadn't been born, there'd be a lot of hatred in this world. But David, if Jesus hadn't been born uh, for us to have our sins covered, we'd still be having, we'd all have to be farmers, okay? Because we'd have to raise some sheep, 
We have to have some turtle doves because that's the only way you can have your sins remitted. Is you had to go to the priest and, and you had to uh, take the uh, your your best lamb or some turtle doves to the priest and say, "Look, I'm messed up and I I need you to sacrifice these for me." And, and blood had to be sprinkled on on the ark of the covenant, and, and uh, you had to have somebody on else on your behalf to be able to uh, pray for you because we couldn't do it ourselves. Sister Lori, we wouldn't be sitting in this church today. Life would be totally different. But, but because Jesus was born, because of one baby born, baby boy born 2,000 years ago in the town of Bethlehem, it has changed this world. It has changed your life. Hallelujah. More than anyone else has ever lived, changed anybody else's life. Because Jesus was born, it changed our life. Because of one life. Our lives are changed. Because God loved us enough. He was sick of turtle doves having to cover our sin. He was sick of bulls and lambs and goats having to be sacrificed for our sins, Brother David. He was sick of all that. He said, I'm tired of all that. I'm going to go down there and I'm going to become a human for them. I'm going to become a blood sacrifice for them. I'm going to do it myself. And thus it brings me to the text that I read today in Isaiah 7 and 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a son. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and she shall call his name Emmanuel. Matthew picked up on it, and he began to read the Old Testament prophecy. He began, as he wrote, he wrote, he read the Old Testament prophecy, and he wrote it down himself. He said, Behold, a virgin shall be with child. She shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. He went on to give us the interpretation of what Emmanuel, Emmanuel meant. He said that being interpreted mean. God is with us. It wasn't just a baby boy that came to this earth, Brother Donnie. It was God himself. He said, I am sick of bulls and goats having to be the sacrifice. There's going to be an ultimate sacrifice. I want people to be able to come to me on their own. I don't want them to have to have a priest to go through. I don't want them to have to uh, go through the process of being a, be everybody being a farmer or everybody doing this or that. Jesus was God with us. Hallelujah. He was born of a virgin. He was in a stable because there was no room for him in the end. The shepherds come to see him because the, the angels announced his birth. Everything come together. And he said, I'm tired. I'm going to be the sacrifice of them. And I'm going to come the same way that they come to this world. They don't know that I love them enough to be one of them. Hey, he wants us to have a wonderful and Brother David, he wants us to have a wonderful life so much that he came to this earth to suffer like us, to live like us, and go through the things that we go through, and go through the battles that we go through. And I know people think, well, Jesus, that's it's all figured out. I'm talking to God. Lord. He's, he's sincere, but man, he's sincerely wrong. You know, you can be sincere, but you can be sincerely wrong. And he spoke up and he said um, one day this last week or maybe the week before, which it was, and he was making some claims and stuff about hells. And yeah, when I get down to hell, I'm going to do all this and that. I said, I hope it's like that for you, buddy, but I don't think it's going to be. He said, oh, yeah, yeah. And of course, we've had many conversations, you know, and uh, 
He said, I know everybody talked about hell this and hell that. He said, I don't even think I believe all that, you know. And I told him, I said, I said, there's plenty of it in the Bible. He said, I know, but I want to hear what Jesus had to say about it. I said, well, let me tell you. Jesus said more about hell than he did anything else. Jesus spoke more about uh, hell than uh, he did heaven, matter of fact. But he very, he mocks, he He's sincere, and I believe he, he he wants maybe to do well, but he's had so many ideals for him that's just so messed up. There's many people that's like him. We have a lot of people in this world who are not atheists, per se. You know, people who don't believe in God, but they're agnostic. It's people who, well, maybe maybe Jesus was real, but maybe he wasn't. Just kind of agnostic. I, I was reading some of the statistics earlier, or last night I was studying and thinking about this for today, and I, I don't have them in front of me, but it was staggering results. Or, or uh, like born again Christians, 40 something percent of them did not even believe in a hell. Born again Christians, that uh, many of them did not, not even believe in heaven, and many of them did not even believe in Satan, and, and just staggering results. And, and that's filtrated into us the world. We just become almost our people sitting in our churches as born again by the, by the day that we just almost become agnostic ourselves. We're just really skeptic if all this really happened. Why are you saying that today, brother? Because there's so many people that sits in their churches and they're not living a wonderful life. If we really truly believe, Brother Donnie, everything the Word of God said and everything that He has for us, we wouldn't be sitting in misery in churches. We wouldn't be sitting in sickness and, and, and all these diseases that we're fighting in our life and, and fighting financially and spiritually in all these different ways because there's a there's a measure of agnostic in our spirit where we just don't believe at all. But we want to embrace some of it. But God wants to give us a wonderful life. Consider with me today. I begin to think about uh, the the uh, the fact that Jesus is uh, the birth. I, I love the birth story. I love it all together. But I, I love the story of the birth because according to uh, the Old Testament, there's 353 Old Testament prophecies that were fulfilled about Jesus coming the first time when he came to the manger. 353 Old Testament prophecies that was told about Jesus coming, and not one of them missed. Everyone was exactly like it said it was going to be. Now we think that's not a big deal. We think, well, you know, it's just stuff we hear all the time. It's just the Bible, this and that. But let me just throw this out there to you. I've heard this many times. I decided to find it and look it up myself. There was a professor of mathematics. His name is Peter Stoner. He gave 600 students a math probability problem that would determine the odds for one person fulfilling eight specific prophecies. Keep in mind, eight, okay? Not 353, but eight specific prophecies. This is not the same as he said. This is not the same as flipping a coin eight times in a row and getting heads each time. Okay, he said the students calculated the odds of one person. This is how they done this to figure out. They calculated the odds of one person fulfilling all the conditions of one specific prophecy, such as being betrayed by a friend for thirty pieces of silver. Then the students did their best to estimate the odds for all of the eight prophecies combined. And this is what they come up with. The students calculated the odds against one person fulfilling all eight prophecies are astronomically one in ten to the 21st power. Okay, to illustrate this, he said it like this. Stoner gave the following example. He said, first blanket the entire earth landmass with silver dollars 120 feet high. 
the entire earth mass, okay? This is for one person getting eight prophecies, right? Just eight of them, not 353, but eight. He said, first, you blanket the entire earth landmass with silver dollars 120 feet high. Second, specifically mark one of those dollars and randomly bury it. Third, ask a person to travel the earth and select the marked dollar while blindfolded from the trillions of other dollars. That is the odds that one person can get eight prophecies right. Okay? One person. 120 feet high, silver dollars, blind some folks, somebody, and tell them to go find that one mark silver dollar. And the odds were 1 in 10 to the 21st power. we got to understand something. The Bible scholars want to tell us that nearly 300 of the nearly 300 references to 61 specific prophecies of the Messiah were fulfilled by Jesus Christ. The odds against one person fulfilling that many prophecies would be beyond all mathematical possibility. It could never happen, no matter how much time was allotted. One mathematician estimated that those impossible odds, one chance in a trillion, 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 and trillion. Now, all of them things, Jesus made a way for us to have a direct relationship with him against every odd that there is. understand today that Jesus wants us to have a wonderful life. And against every odd sister terror that there was out there, he was going to make sure that he could come, hallelujah, and give us uh, the, the life that we needed, praise God, with everything we need is wrapped up inside of Jesus Christ today. He loves us, hallelujah, that much today. Jesus made a way that we don't have to go and get a goat or a lamb or a bull to cover our sin. Hallelujah. So we can go to him, Jesus, anytime, anywhere. We can go to him here. We can go to him at home. We can go anywhere at any time ourselves. I've been driving down the road and begin to cry and pray, Jesus, I need you. And begin to feel the Holy Ghost come on my life. I've been at work, hallelujah. And I've been there and all of a sudden heaviness come on me. And I begin to pray and say, Jesus, I need you. And the Spirit of God comes upon me. Why? He didn't intend for me to have a miserable life. He intended for me to have a wonderful life. Hallelujah. No matter where we are, we can experience Him and know His love and peace in our lives ourselves. Not just in our heads. Not just in some fairy tale. Not just in a book that we may call the Bible. Hallelujah. But for ourselves. Brother Don, we got to understand these prophecies. They didn't just come from one person, but they come from multiple people over a process of 1,500 years that was written, hallelujah, from multiple people. All these prophecies, and not one of them was missed. Why did he do all this? Because he loves us and we matter and he cares for us. The Christmas story values each individual, each person. Each of us, we are uniquely loved. We are uniquely created by God. Someone once said, if you had been the only person in the world, Jesus would have still come to this earth. 
and he still would have died for you. He gave himself for us. This Christmas season, I don't know how you feel about Christmas. I don't, I don't know if you're one of the ball humbug people. I have no idea. We've got to understand something. Christmas is not about the gifts. It's under the tree. It's not about the family gatherings, the get-togethers. Well, I guess it kind of is. It's good the family get-together. But it's not about who's making the better pecan pie. It's not about who can make the better turkey or the ham or whatever you have for Christmas. It's not about who can make the better peanut butter fudge, Sister Lisa. Hallelujah. It's not about who can make the prettiest cakes or this or that or who gives the most gifts or who receives the most gifts. It's not about any of that. It's about Jesus. Hallelujah. That 2,000 years ago, when it gets all the odds, every odd that there ever was, hallelujah, and it came to this earth, and it came for us, and each one of us, our lives are special, and he has, hallelujah, he impacted this world, praise God, just one person, Jesus impacted this world, why? Because everyone in this building is significant, everybody in this building matters today, everybody in this world matters today, do we not understand that even Charles Manson, the serial killer, he even mattered to him, and when he went to the cross and he died, he died for him too. The life of Jesus changed us all. The life of a Jewish baby boy 2,000 years ago changed us all. Jesus came to this earth. We have the opportunity to follow him and to make heaven our home. He came, Brother David, to give us a wonderful life. Amen. John 10 and 10, the thief coming not from a steel, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I come that you may have life. And then he went on to say that you may have it more abundantly. Jesus wants you to have more abundant life. This is my message today. It's a significant that Jesus, that one, that one baby, and I realize he was God in flesh, understand it, but we also can understand that he felt what we felt. The strikes he felt, brother, brother Donnie. The pain that he went through the cross he felt. On the eighth day, when they took him to the, uh, they took him to the temple to be uh, circumcised. That infant child cried just like every man that's in this place that was circumcised when he was a child. He felt that pain. When he fell and he scraped his knee and the blood came out, Jesus felt that pain. And he, all, he done it all for us. No doubt, probably everybody, and I know it's Christmas, but I cannot talk about Christmas without talking about the Easter message because that's what the that's what the crib that's what the crib in that in that uh um, in that stable is all about is all about the cross. The passion, movie, the passion. No doubt, people have seen it. If you haven't, you should watch it. And you should watch it with your eyes open and not shut. If you can't handle the fact that it's in, in Arabic and, and you don't watch the whole show, just fast forward to that part 
to where the crucifixion is and where they beat him and I want you to watch that with your eyes open and realize that he'd done that for you and he felt the pain and he felt the nails and he felt he felt the uh, thorns in his in his brow he he felt the spit run down his face as they spit on him and the soldiers buffeted at him he felt the hurt and the pain as Judas betrayed him with a kiss he felt it all Let's not waste what happened in Calvary. Let's not waste what happened in that crib. His life was significant. You know why his life was significant? Because you're significant. My message here to us is this. Your life is significant. Why did I pick this particular uh, movie here? It's a wonderful life. I'll tell you why. Because this man, George Bailey, had got to, if you've never seen it, I'm giving you spoiler alerts, okay? You want to sit down and watch it. His, you know, I'm not a huge advocate of television by no means, but this is an older movie that has a great, incredible message. Absolutely. And you can sit down through and you can realize this man, he got lost in his situation. He got lost in his circumstances and he forgot that people loved him. People depended depended on him. Somebody loved him. Most importantly, God loved him and was about ready to throw his life in the water and, and just end it all because he felt like my life doesn't matter. The next time you're feeling that way, you need to go pull up the passion and you need to watch that movie and realize that Jesus died for you. You need to open your Bible up and go to the end of the gospel and read all about it. Go to the book of Luke. Hallelujah. The position that really puts in perspective and how Jesus was beat for us. He, why did he do that? because you're significant and you matter. What happened if you wasn't here? See, that's the whole story of this George Bailey uh, in this story of the wonderful life. He saved his brother from drowning. His brother saved, his brother saved hundreds of people in a military uh, 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 battle. He, he uh, saved this uh, uh, person from dying. The, the pharmacist was going to give some pills. All this stuff, he made a difference in people's life. And when he, what, the, what they'd done to him was show him what would have happened if his life had been there. Amen. Sister Stephanie, you matter. Where would John be if you hadn't come to church? Yeah. I believe he's in heaven waiting on us, sis. But would he have been there if it hadn't been for a stubborn woman to come to church? Brother David, where would you be? If your wife wouldn't consistently still going to church, searching for something and looking for something, where would you be? Donnie's daughter Ashley is having some struggles and some issues, and she'd been away from the house, but she'd come in. She come in last night, and, and 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 Brother Donnie was telling me about this morning as he uh, uh, was kind of backed out and let Mama and daughter uh, tuffle it out, but he could hear all of a sudden his wife, Sister Lois, she's working this morning. She'd be here uh, with with her daughter Ashley, but uh, he he heard her in there, and she began to intercede in prayer with her daughter and praying for her in there. Where would she be, Brother Donnie, if a man hadn't been stubborn against all the odds and saying, you know what, I'm not giving up on my wife. I'm going to keep reaching for her. Where would poor, Brother where would they be today? Your life matters. Life matters. You're significant. Sister Terry, you're significant. 
I know Brother Troy's that gone and gone on. I seen that picture the other day and somebody reminded you and put it back on Facebook of you and Troy and the boy. Don't ever forget Troy may be gone and I believe he's in heaven waiting on us. But sis, there's a mama that matters to them boys. There's a mama that needs to be ringing out prayers, interceding for them boys, making sure the two boys you got left at home are in the house of God. They're out there today. They're out there. Hallelujah. They're out there. Praise God. They're here because a mama brought them here. just robed himself in flesh and he could have just come to this earth and say look I'm going to be the ultimate sacrifice but no Jesus didn't do that he went through the whole process he went through the whole process of life like me and you know what he went through the struggles he went through the pains he went through all that stuff he felt all the pain as I've said it so many times hallelujah oh come on and our lives are better our lives are richer because of other people because you matter to somebody else you matter to me Come on, let me tell you that he's not here today, and I wish he was still coming today. But I'm telling you what, you're here today because of a man that's not even here today. His name is Henry Acker. Because I'm telling you what, I was at my ropes end in this city, and I was about ready to say, maybe it's not the will of God for me to be in this city and have a church. But when I knocked on Henry Acker's door that day, and he took that flyer from me, he was ready to cuss me and send me down the road. But I will never forget him coming in that first. Sunday over holding that fire in his hand, Brother David, and looking at me, weeping and crying. It was just Brother Henry, me and my wife, and my two precious kids on that faithful day in July 2006. Hallelujah. When he said, I could not lay it down. And I looked at it, and on there it said Harvest House. And it had it had the scriptures on there about the harvest and about how it was coming. And he looked at me and he said, God spoke to me and said, You have been harvested to this church. I know he's not here today, and I hope it's Someday he'll come back. But if Henry Acker had to walk through that door, I would have been discouraged and I'd walked away probably. And this church wouldn't be here. But you're here today because somebody made a difference in my life. Every time you walk through the door, Hallelujah. You don't know. Every time you walk through that door, me and you was raised together. But every time you walk through that door, I think about the stupid stuff that me and you have done in our life. And you walking through that door is significant to me. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, it's significant to me. I think, oh, because I remember the day when I come visit you in the jail cell. And you was on the other side of that uh, seat for me. And you looked at me with tears going down your eyes, saying, I don't even know who I am. But guess what? Today, I think you picked out who you are. You realize that you are significant. You've got some kids. You've got some grandkids that matter. And they need a daddy that's godly. They need a daddy, hallelujah, that's praying for them. You are significant. God wants to give you a wonderful life and your wonderful life when you realize that you matter to somebody else. You matter to somebody else. Hebrews 2 and 18, it says, for in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to secure them that are tempted. 
Oh, come on. Jesus was tempted. The Bible said he was tempted in all manners. Yet without sin. And we're not God incarnate to understand that. But you know what? He done something. He we're so significant and we matter so much to uh to him that he said, I'm not in the book of John chapter 14, he said, I'm not gonna leave you comfortless. But I, I've got to go back to that, that same spirit. Basically, this is what he was saying, paraphrases. I've got to go back to where I came from. He said, basically, he said, I gotta go back to being God because that essence of spirit that's living inside of me is gonna have to live in you. Hallelujah. Because he said, Greater works than these shall you do, because I'm Going back to where I come from, and when he when he sent the Holy Ghost on the, in the books of Acts chapter two, you know what he was saying? He was sending that same Spirit that overcomes sin. He was sending that same. He said, "I love you're significant enough to me that I'm going to make a difference in your life. That you don't have to do this on the, on your own. I'm going to live inside of you. I'm going to make a way where you can overcome sin. I'm going to make a way where you'll realize that you matter to other people and you can make a difference in this world." He said, "I'm the light of the world." Or he said, uh, uh, "John said that he was the light and he came." in this world. He brought light in the darkness and now then that light's come inside of you and everywhere you go, you can make a difference in this world. we got to understand something today. We matter. We matter to him and you matter to somebody else. When we hurt, others hurt. I know you might not have seen it, but we'll move, move, spirit moving today. We got we got through you bus kids that's been coming, Charles, Dixie, and, and Emma. And uh they've been coming pretty regular. I'm thankful for that. But the two little girls stood over here this morning. I, as we was praying, I, I seen the one, and they cry about this all the time. I seen the one they had a obituary in their hand. I went over and picked it up. I knew what it was, so I picked it up. Do you guys remember the fire that happened several months ago in the three people? Three or four people that died in that bar. These, these, these kids, aunt, uncle, and grandfather, okay? And they were beginning to weep and cry. Something just hit my spirit. Think, oh God, these kids are hurting because they're lost. You gotta understand something. When Troy died, I know it wasn't my husband, but sis, it hurt me. When Lee quit coming to church, sis, it hurt me. But the pain with the things that you're battling and going through, it hurts me. And I know when my mama died, some of you hurt and you felt the pain in my life. We we gotta understand we're not alone in this. And for this to be a wonderful life, we've got to share the pain. And that's what Jesus. Jesus, why he came to this earth. He come, Jesus come to hurt like we did, to experience what we experienced, to let us know you don't have to live a life of insignificance, but you matter. Jesus' life mattered on this earth, and it made a difference in you, and your life matters. Hallelujah. Oh, Sister Michelle, you're bringing them grandkids to the house of God. Jimmy's here today. He hadn't been coming, but he's been coming some. You matter. Don't you ever let the devil think that you don't matter. You matter. Come on, Angie. You matter. You got Bruce in the house of God. Oh, come on. Oh, you matter. You got your grandbaby in the house of God. You matter. In order for us to experience a wonderful life, we can't hide our pain from the people we love. They know. They might not know. We may not know how to help each other. But we, we care. I, I can't imagine my life personally without the church. I can't imagine my life without the church. There's power 
when we come together. We can do the great things when we work together, church. It's why Jesus came to this earth to show us how to have a wonderful life. He became that selfless one. He, 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 uh, he, he gave. He gave to everyone. Oh, God, help us. Lift your hands. Love you. I'm about done this morning. We'll bring this to close today. Amy Simple McPherson said, With God, I can do great things. But with God and you and the people who you can't interest by the grace of God, we're going to change the world. We seldom know the impact we have on others or the good that we're doing. But folks, when we care, when we love others, when we strive to make a difference, we, we, we make a difference in humanity more than we could ever, ever measure. In this movie, It's a Wonderful Life, Peter Bailey said, all you can take with you is that which you have given away. It's a powerful statement. All we can take with us is what we're willing to give away. We can't store up treasures where the malt and rust is going to destroy it. Listen, folks, you may feel like a failure today. You may or may not, but let me tell you what. To quote the angel in this here, this movie, he said, no man is a failure who has friends. You're my friends here today. Our life matters. Your life matters. person said, strange isn't it? Each man's life touches so many other lives. When he isn't around, he leaves an awful hole, doesn't he? Your life matters. And for us to have the wonderful life that God wants us to have, we need to understand. We need each other. You need to realize you matter. You need to realize your brother matters. And we need to let each other know it. Significant. God don't make mistakes in his creation. He has a purpose for every soul that breathes. Let's stand with me as I close today with this my last scripture text. I close the simple sharing of the gospel. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God sent not his son to the world to condemn it, condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus' life was significant in the fact that the man Christ Jesus became the ultimate sacrifice for us. If we want to have a wonderful life, we've got to realize that Jesus gave his all for us. That we can begin to give our all for him. So how do we give our all for him? I mean, 
Jacob preached a few weeks ago about mere Christianity. You know, there's so many people that just, oh, I'm a Christian. It doesn't do anything. It's common sense. And the greatest thing that we can do in being a Christian is to give ourselves the kingdom of God. I know this Christmas story, but in that baby in the manger led him to the cross. He gave himself for us ultimately because we matter. Matter to him. And we got to realize that he loves us. You matter today. If you've not heard in a while, I want to tell you, why don't you turn around and look at somebody tell us that you matter in my life. I mean that. You matter in my life. You matter. You're significant. You're important. I promise you, every time you're not here and there's an empty seat where you generally sit, people take notice of that. I miss them. You matter. Come on, folks. Let's have a wonderful life. How do we have a wonderful life when we realize we're significant? And I'm there. See? And if we don't, let's don't let it get to our head. We feel like we're it, okay? I'm not saying that. Let's learn the balance of humility. But Brother Donnie, we matter in the kingdom. Well, come on. I, I'm going to say this and I'll be done. Like, oh, I'm just... I'm just no big toe, right? We'll cut your big toe off and they say you gotta learn to walk again. Alright. So what my little finger there, it don't mount anything. Go ahead and cut it off and you'll find out how how much you need something, right? I'm done with that. It's a wonderful life. And it's worth living. I challenge you today. I want you to pray. You want to come to this altar today? Seek the Lord and ask Him to help you during this Christmas time. As we enter into this month, this Christmas time, that we would understand God, it's not about all the presents, all about the stuff, but it's about me helping others, being a friend. It's about what you came to do. You came and gave yourself. For all of us. Oh God. Let's have a wonderful life. He came to give you life. Not just life, folks, but life more abundantly. You know what that scripture means? You've heard me say it so much. He gives your life back when you come to him in salvation. But you know what that life and life more abundantly is about? It's about all of a sudden taking all the pain and hurt from your mind and taking all the all the uh the pain from past and all that stuff that you're battling and going through and putting inside of your mind and making you realize that you matter. You're significant in the kingdom of God. You're important to the kingdom of God. You matter. Oh, Jesus, we love you. Come on, can we spend a few moments praying, seeking God?